This morning, we are celebrating Thanksgiving, but we are also drawing to a close on our worship series on Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And so we're going to be reading chapter 5, starting at verse 8 and reading through 20. People of God, listen then for the word of God. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. So be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing, make music from your hearts to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bye. Oh, I think it's to be able to see, give thanks. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Darlene's giving me the thumbs up. Good job. So now you can see it. Okay, there we go. We began this worship series on the letter to the Ephesians by looking at Paul's prayer in chapter 3. And it's in that prayer that's kind of been our guiding light through the letter to the Ephesians these past few weeks. That's where Paul prays not just for the Ephesians, but for all Christians who follow Jesus. Paul prayed, I pray that out of his glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we focused our attention these last few weeks on that last line, kind of the the culmination of Paul's prayer. Why do we need to grasp the scope of God's love? It's so that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
To be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God means our lives are saturated with a grace. (laughs) A grace of God that moves us from being turned in on ourselves and only ourselves to being turned outward towards others and towards God and that movement of gratitude. To be filled to the measure of the fullness of God means that our lives are empowered to be wall breakers and peacemakers. Following the example of Jesus who tears down walls that divide. Acknowledging the ties that bind us. And not just acknowledging them, but deepening them, strengthening them, and holding on to them. To be filled to the measure with the fullness of God means our lives are rooted in a way of love. A way of love that gets lived out in kindness and compassion and forgiveness. A love that is committed because it reflects God's committed love for us. And in this final portion of Paul's letter in this series, we read that to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God means our lives are no longer darkness, but light. No longer darkness, but light. And it is a light that exposes the darkness around us, that illuminates the shadows. You may have noticed as we've gone through this letter that Paul likes to work in very stark contrast. And in, in our kind of knee-jerk reaction is to find the gray area, right? Paul has talked about death versus life, division versus unity, obedience versus disobedience. And most of the time, we kind of live in that messy gray middle area. Life doesn't quite fit so neatly into two stark contrasting categories. And here, Paul, in these, just these few verses, just piles contrast upon contrast like he's a kid building a tower high. Light versus darkness, wise versus unwise, drunk on wine or filled with the Spirit, foolish or discerning what pleases God. Why does he do that when most of us live in that messy gray middle? The letter to the Ephesians is considered a letter to the newly baptized across various congregations in Ephesus. Not just to one congregation, but to those who are new to the faith, who are new to following Jesus across many. Who are trying to figure out what does it mean now that they are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. They've made this leap and now they're trying to figure out what difference does it make. Even that that snippet that seems kind of weird, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's most likely one of the most ancient pieces of church liturgy we have. It's a baptismal liturgy. It was either sung or said at someone's baptism. And Paul draws on that here. Because it's something they would have just recently heard, spoken over them, invited into. And so Paul is using these stark contrasts 
as a teaching tool, as a way to show them that their faith makes a difference to the way they live, to the way they walk in this world, the way they interact with other people and each other. That following Jesus isn't just some decision of the head, just something we believe and it doesn't affect the rest of our body or our lives. But that to follow Jesus is with the whole person. Head and heart, mind and soul, strength and weakness, hands and feet. Paul prays that everyone who belongs to God who follows Jesus, may know the scope of God's love for us, not to just make us feel warm and safe and comfortable and say, thanks be to God, I am saved. <laughs> thanks be to God that I am loved so much. But it is a prayer that we may know in our bones <laughs> to have our lives saturated with the knowledge of this love that surpasses knowledge. <laughs> that God's love changes who we are, that God's love transforms us, head and heart, mind and soul, strength and weakness, hands and feet, and that we are called to be those filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Because that fullness, that fullness is not just for us, that fullness overflows. It overflows into our lives, into our relationships, into our families, into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods, wherever we come, us children of light. A love that fills us overflows and washes away hatred, even if it's little bit by little bit. The peace that fills us overflows and breaks down walls and erodes the foundations of hate. The forgiveness that fills us overflows and mends what is broken. And the light that fills us, the light that fills us overflows and illuminates the darkness. In a world held in shadow, in a world that very much knows division and hatred and darkness, this overflowing of the Spirit's presence through us, of, of faithful Christians living out their baptismal calls, is desperately needed. The darkness needs the light to expose, to make visible, to chase away the shadows. A short time after the initial upheaval of the Reformation, a deep darkness settled on Europe. New religious identities, Protestant, Catholic, gave fuel to already existing power struggles and political greed, and unsurprisingly, war broke out. 30 years of war 
broke out. 30 years of fighting and violence that decimated cities and towns and people's lives. Even with our modern warfare, it's still considered one of the most destroying of all the wars in Europe. And toward the end of that long war, toward the end of those long 30 years, there was a pastor named Martin. He was the only remaining pastor in this German city. And because the city he lived in was walled and afforded some protection, refugees flooded into the city, hoping for a respite from the violence, some degree of protection from the darkness that hounded them. But inside the walls, food was scarce. Hunger was everywhere. And in a particularly awful year, an epidemic swept through Germany. It swept through overcrowded cities where so many sought refuge, including Martin's own. And Martin, this German pastor, remained in the darkness. Martin was the only minister left in this city of thousands who could perform funerals, who could care for the bodies of the dead. And he did. On some of the worst days, he would lead 50 funerals, bury 50 people. And one of the thousands that he buried outside the city walls was the body of his wife, the mother of his kids. Martin's faith was not about his own comfort. If it was, it would have gone long ago. He was hungry like everyone else, and he grieved like everyone else. And this pastor knew the darkness that we humans are capable of in the war that marked most of his life to that point. He knew the vulnerability of our fragile bodies and the fragility of the ones we love. And still he lived as a child of a light, of the light, in a city of shadows and darkness and death. With every funeral he led, every body he blessed and honored as a precious image bearer of God, he exposed the cruel darkness of the war that surrounded him, which said that everybody and every person is utterly dispensable. His light exposed the lies of that darkness. Martin was also a dad through all of this. And Isaac's gonna come forward, and I'll let you know why in just a minute. Martin was also a dad. And when Martin came home, after one of those horrible days of burying too many people and carrying their stories and carrying that grief, he would come home and he would sit down at the dinner table. And he knew he had to help his children in some way understand the world around them. Because 30 years of war had left his children with no understanding of a world of peace. 
And an empty chair at their family table reminded them of their own intimate loss and grief. So Martin the dad, in a time of loss and grief and darkness, wondering, wondering how to help his children. And so he wrote a dinner table song for them and taught it to them. A dinner table song that they sang every evening before they ate whatever meager meal was on the table that evening. And this is what Martin taught his children. Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in whom his world rejoices who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us to keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills of this world in the next. All praise and thanks to God, the Father now be given, the Son and Spirit blessed, who reign in highest heaven, the one eternal God, whom heaven and earth adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be. In the darkness of a long war and illness and in the shadow of their own grief, this family joined their voices together around their table, singing from their hearts a song of thanks to God who held them and sustained them. And this little song of thanks sustained this family day in and day out as they gathered together 
in the darkest of times. This dinner table song of praise brought light into a dark place. One way that we know God is answering Paul's prayer for all those who follow Jesus to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God is that our lives, even in the midst of shadows and darkness, overflow and overflow with thanksgiving to the God who holds us, to the God who sustains us, to the God who guides us even in perplexing times. So today, this weekend, as we gather around our own dinner tables with those we love, and maybe there's a chair of someone that we miss, as we gather in just a few moments around God's table of grace here as a church family, may each of you being rooted and established in God's love. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with simple songs of thanks. Singing from your hearts to the Lord. And always giving thanks to God the Father in everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our light that shines in the darkness, in whom the darkness cannot ever overcome. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work in us through his spirit, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.